0: Hello and welcome. Thanks for joining me as I share with you a cautionary tale and several excruciating acts regarding major life decisions. Let's talk about a time when I let my emotions completely overtake my logic, when the desire to make a difference, do my part to make the world a little better place, blinded me with what was in retrospect a big old mistake pie surrounded with all sorts of red flags. We'll share how it nearly landed me arrested and beat up in the same day because apparently the other hints leading up to that day weren't quite enough. So anyway, let's travel into the way back machine of your choice, say a little over 20 years. Here we'll find me in my mid-twenties looking for something to establish myself and some degree of a life that I wanted rather than settling for the scraps I was offered. I loved the job that I had, but it had clearly run its course, and I wasn't going to advance any further than the point I was at. Plus, I seemed to have a permanent case of wanderlust. To feed that need, I was looking for something that was new and different. Act 1. The Dream Gig. I found it, or so I thought. As if it were fate, I answered a one ad looking for management trainees for a missing children's organization. I was invited to come in and interview, I guess. If there's anything that can unify most of us together, it's that we don't stand for people being shitty to kids, right? Please tell me we can at least agree on that. I always felt a pull towards something like that, and it seemed like an opportunity to be a part of possibly rescuing and protecting kids, at least the way it was described to me. The idea of having my own setup and my own team doing these covert rescue missions overtook me. It played to my sense of justice independence and apparently my desire to start a cbs crime drama after the interview which was really more about me watching videos about all the cool shit that they did having all these impulses primed plus there was the impression that i would be able to do some cool programs where We could teach kids how to be safe. Yes, I would be able to work with kids, too. That was it. This was my destiny. And they talked about all the perks that would come with having my own operation. I was going to be set up. could have been anywhere in the country. I would have been a manager of an office. I would make a salary at least four times what I was currently making. What was not to like about this? I didn't really ask a lot of questions, and my research resembled how most of Facebook does it today. Google it. Stop at the first thing you want to hear. Well, there you go. Research complete. Maybe I was ahead of my time, I guess. It didn't matter because I was full steam ahead and there was not going to be any logic talked into me. I gave my notice at the job I was currently at and I would not listen to anyone who had any degree of questions. There are a lot of people that had a lot of questions. The fact that I had absolutely no answers to any of their questions was irrelevant. I was about to be living the dream, damn it. Walking through a hall of red flags, not picking up on the fact that these were red flags. I completed my obligatory two weeks, and then said what felt like final goodbyes at the old gig. Might have ran my mouth a little too much in my exit interview with Human Resources, and then off I rode into the sunset. There were a lot of wonderful souls that I would miss there immensely, yet it was time to begin this exciting new adventure. Act 2. Ignoring red flags. On to Monday morning. I showed up at the office that I had gone to for my interview. Ready to roll, except there was nobody there. Next red flag. About 30 minutes later, an incredibly young, very green young lady who was not the one who interviewed me who seemed nice, but also seemed way the hell over her head, came in frazzled. She told me that they moved to a new location, gave me the address and directions, and off I went. Another giant red flag. And I arrived. I met everyone else who was there with me, and they were mostly about my age. A few that were older, but mostly around my age. All just as eager, just as filled with dreams, we were ready to start our training. And I also noticed that this was far from an actual office like The Last Place, more like a corner of an old mill. Actually, it was a corner of an old mill with dividers put up to separate it from the rest of the mill, which was very eerily empty. Like, if I ventured too far, a slasher movie was going to play out or something. I did notice that there was absolutely nobody there who was in the office when I went for my interview, which is a hell of a lot of turnover for just two weeks. But absolutely, no one. The red flags. The red was so bright. Getting brighter. Oh, and our training. Oh, our training. We were going out to sell t shirts. Our training consisted of practicing our sales pitch and getting it down. Once we practiced it and did this rah rah motivational exercise, we were partnered up and off we went. How was this part of what I needed to know? Because I was told I had to learn to fundraise and. Now I was starting to hit a point where I should be getting run over by angry bulls because there was so much red around me. Although, to be fair, I probably would have missed that as well. The first time I went out, I was with this experienced sales guy who had his pitch down well. I was a work in progress when it came to sales, and honestly, I'm not that much better now. We actually did okay. We headed to a beach, and it felt like easy pickings. He was talking money out of young ladies' pockets like a snake charmer. I sold a decent amount myself, but I was just having a good time hanging out with the dude and talking about life. I'd get the rest of what I needed later, and I knew that money was important to keep shit rolling, so I was pretty gung-ho about this after coming in for the day on Monday. Although it had sunburn. Act 3. Reality hits like a... Wave of old spice. Then came Tuesday. Oh, Tuesday. The day that all the red flags decided to pile on top of me and try to suffocate me. And eventually I did finally realize that they were there. The experienced guy vanished, no trace, no explanation, and I had a new partner who was as sales nuanced as I was, and also wore enough Old Spice for about 10 of us. Seriously, must have smelled us coming a mile away. Tuesday's destination was a seaside shopping area. People are already shopping, right? So, of course, they are going to be willing to spend money. Why wouldn't they spend money on t-shirts? Well, about that. This... Did not go so well. A whole lot of no. I was suddenly about 63 times less charming than I was yesterday. Did I get an Old Spice contact high that threw me off of my game? Was the day before stacked by design? Okay, now it's a bit of an extreme conspiracy, but I was starting to get that ominous feeling. An ominous feeling, admittedly, that would have been a lot more helpful about three weeks earlier. Fruitless morning morphed into futile afternoon. I'm struggling not to allow it to discourage me. I've had easier challenges, though. Met up with Old Spice for lunch, and afterwards, we hit a couple places together. We figured maybe if we did it as a team, maybe we'd be able to help each other out. I guess one of the shop owners or somebody must have decided to call in the police. And suddenly, we're being interrogated on the sidewalk by a pair of blues. Which, I initially wasn't worried. Sir, this is who we work for. This is our binder. We have our credentials. We have our state licenses. Take a look. This is expired and also likely falsified. Would you like to explain this? I like to spin this as... Fast talking saved us from arrest that afternoon. Considering what a bang-up job I was doing selling t-shirts though, they probably listened to us for a few minutes and just pitied us. They told us to just get the hell out of town and go tell your boss that if anyone else shows up here, they're going to be posting some bail. In this small, upscale town, this might have been right up there with the Alice's Restaurant Massacre, as one of the great crimes of the century. Is it legal to discuss anything involving Alice's Restaurant outside of Thanksgiving? though? Interesting question. It was time to commence the freakout. We went back to the office. The frazzled young manager over her head appeared to be just as confused and swore that these should have been good and she made a call herself, and a new one came over the facts, probably from corporate or whatever. and I looked at it, and it was the same paper as we had, except that it showed that it was issued that day. cops might have been onto something, and then, because I was already having such a terrific day, I asked about getting paid again would have been a great question to really follow up on three weeks ago, and her response was. Well, looking at all the shirts in the box, you're not going to get much. You just get straight commission on this. Recommence, freak out. Act four, night work. She continued. You're going to have to consider some night work and catching up on these t shirt sales. Sounds great, Captain. No. Not really. It, it doesn't sound great. I. Thought a bit about asking when actual missing children training was going to start. And then I thought to myself, the way this is rolling so far, I don't think I want to hear the answer. And this was when I started having the conversation with myself about going to beg for my old job back. My pride felt sick. I was going to have to hear a lot of I told you so from a lot of people if I did that. But I figured they probably didn't replace me yet, so I'd at least keep that in my back pocket. Old Spice might have been having a similar self talk because he was just like, Peace out, kids. Never to be seen again. At this point, it was later in the day anyway, pondering a lot of things as I drove aimlessly for a bit. One was dinner, but I was far from hungry. I ultimately chose to take a crack at night work. Night work. God, this felt familiar. Oh yeah, reminded me of my freshman orientation weekend in college. The part in particular when my faculty advisor explained to me that I needed to take remedial math my freshman year because I got, in his words, the absolute worst math placement score I have ever seen. Okay, so I got an easy A in remedial math, but I also got no actual credits. I wondered if night work would be something like that. Okay, if that's the case, let me at least go somewhere where at least I know the area well. Which, of course, in those days meant a place where I knew all the bars. On the way, I thought myself, if anyone is listening, I need a sign if I should keep trying this or not. Something really clear. Act 5. The Sign. Well... Be careful what you ask for. As I was approaching where the bars were, I stopped at this pizza joint, figuring I might try to eat something first, and while I was there, take a shot at trying to hawk a shirt or two. The guy at the counter listened for a bit and didn't say anything. Then he looks at me and asks about the wooden cross I was wearing around my neck. Not being deeply religious or religious at all, my mom got it for me once and... Hope of changing that. I wore it out of respect to her and it was made out of this cool wood and it just, it looked neat. It was a nice conversational piece. I liked it, even though it didn't really represent me. So, make it that what you will. In the hope that it might bring a touch of luck, I told him exactly that. And that was the wrong answer. His reply? Get out. I'm like, wait, what? And then... He screams at me like a demon-possessed. Get the fuck out! And comes flying over the counter after me. (laughs) I guess I wasn't going to be getting any pizza. So, seeing my imminent death, I bolted to my car and I peeled out of there before I became some kind of pizza topping. As I was leaving the parking lot, he comes flying at me like a raging bull. Maybe he was reacting to all the red flags I missed earlier. And I actually almost hit him on the way out. That was my clear sign that even my young, oblivious ass couldn't miss. Screw nightwear. Screw t-shirts. Screw whatever the hell this was that I thought was a missing children agency that was, I guess, some kind of a scam. Screw all this shit. I just went home. Act 6. Humbled. Next day, tail between my legs, I went and begged for my old gig back. Human Resources thought they were going to teach me a lesson and make me squirm over it for a few days. Except the HR manager got sick of people flooding her office telling her to cut the shit and bring you back. I got a call. I didn't realize just how popular you were here. Let's just document this as a week-long unpaid absence. We'll throw out the other status and pretend you never quit. We'll see you on Monday. There were a lot of incredibly happy people who felt bad for me, but also were happy that I was sticking around after all. Only one or two people made any kind of snotty comment. Well, one in particular. But that was just what she did to everybody, so I couldn't even take that personally. I didn't even go back to give notice to the other people. Place at the mill or anything like that. I just taped up the box of leftover t shirts and shipped it certified. A few weeks later, I received my commission check for $13 for two days of management training. Somehow I had learned that that particular office was shuttered for good by the end of the year, scattered off. doesn't even matter where it was scattered off to. The agency itself I did see closed up for good a few years back. I'm guessing I've probably located more missing children through the years in my later career than I ever was going to in this agency. Epilogue. Life lessons or something like that. Of course, I've had other experiences where I wanted so badly to believe something that I threw logic and common sense to the wind, but those usually involved dating. As far as anything like this, no. Especially when it came to causes and beliefs, I became much shrewder about learning more about something and actually doing real research before going all in. Maybe too shrewd sometimes, because I would overthink it and overlook at things and I've probably let some cool opportunities pass by because of that. I'm telling this story because I think it's really important to share in this day and age. There's a lot of uncertainty. Information keeps changing. We don't like change and we hold on for dear life to the visions that we want to see, what we want to be true. We want to be of service and want to help and do our best but so often we lock in on bad information or incomplete information it feels right emotionally so damn it that's it i don't care what you believe honestly my truth isn't that of others at times i will stand against any degree of abuse which should not be political at this point but here we are otherwise it takes all kinds to make this humanity thing work I do beg that we really try to not let our emotions completely overtake us in the process. There's a lot that pulls at them. And in particular, our anger and sadness. We come across pain, old and new. All these things can trigger our past ghosts, our inner children. Just because something hits all the heavy notes doesn't make it true at all. I see it all the time. People losing their marbles over a meme or an article or a conspiracy filled with, at best, holes large enough to fly a 757 throw. Sometimes they're just flat out blatant lies. That's the thing. Our emotional centers aren't where we can determine whether something is true. We have to depend on our other cognitive areas to help us out with that. Feel the emotions if they come and then let them work through. Seriously, let this be a tale of caution and let's be polite and say naivete about what can possibly happen when you don't let that craziness work itself through before making a major life decision, before taking an action, before sharing the post, before saying the thing, before sending the money or taking the job or going all in into that relationship. Anyway, I hope that you enjoyed this story a hell of a lot more than... I did living it. Thanks for listening.